right? We got a lot of different things coming at you today, okay? And I'm just sensing a little bit of a lull right now. That. We don't got time for that. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk with Derek Johnson and Nick Springer on FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN. Depend on it. Hey, what's happening? Welcome into another edition of Rock Chalk Sports Talk with Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. Hey, Masters continues on. We'll get to a Masters update here at 316. Brian Haney is going to join us a little bit after that at about 325 here on RCST. We got plenty of KU football audio to get to you today. And of course, the spring showcase happening at 630 here on KLWN. We'll be talking plenty about that in addition to the audio, and I want to talk a little bit about that off the top here. But before we get to that, the uh, KU basketball banquet was last night. There were a couple interesting comments from Bill Self. Uh, We'll get to more of this in the 4 o'clock hour, but at the very least, it was pretty much made known at the banquet that Kevin McCuller will indeed be declaring for the NBA draft. And when asked about it, Kevin McCuller said, quote, we'll see where it takes me. Yeah, it doesn't seem like too much of a shocker really there. Uh, and I don't think anybody from the program was shocked about it. Bill Self said during his press conference that he kind of knew which way Jalen and Kevin were leaning. Well, after he said that, literally like an hour later, Jalen announced he was declaring for the draft. And then this comes out last night at the banquet that Kevin McCuller is going to go ahead and, and, and advance into the draft and test the waters basically and, and see literally what he said, see where it takes him, I guess, right? So, uh, you know, not necessarily – breaking news or anything like that, but from the Kansas perspective, uh, again, I think we talked about it earlier in the week, KU has to operate as if Kevin McCuller is not going to come back. That's just how they have to do it, and Bill Self said that himself, <clears throat> that they just have to, that's how they have to approach it. If he comes back, fantastic. Now, on the flip side for KU, the difficult part is if they're going to operate that way, but then McCuller does decide mm-hmm. in a couple months, hey, I want to come back, that could put some pressure on them scholarship-wise to try to make things work. Because obviously, if Kevin McCuller says, hey, I want to return to Kansas, Kansas makes it work. Yeah, They say yes. Yeah, and, and there was there was another interesting comment by Self on the amount of players they could take in the transfer portal, and that'll kind of go into that conversation, which we'll talk about that at 4.05. But yeah, I, I think with McCuller, um, it is just a situation where, I don't know, it seems like he's leaning toward going pro. It seems like KU would love to have him back, as you'd imagine, and that he's going to go through the process. Now, Bill Self said at his presser a couple days ago that McCuller did have guaranteed a couple of them two-way offers last year if he would have stayed in the draft, but he opted not to. So what that tells me is that, and maybe it does change because if you are you know, tired of, I don't know, just going to class and you just want to be someone who's just playing basketball for a living, then yeah. maybe it does change this year. But that does tell you a little bit that for him, Ideally, he doesn't want to have just promises to be a two-way. He wants to have promises to get a real contract. Yeah. And so that means it'll be probably one of those late decisions because he is going to go through every meeting and all the combine stuff and everything that he possibly can to try to get that guarantee over the course of the NBA draft uh, decision, which means this is going to be a long, drawn-out process, as we kind of saw last year with Jalen Wilson the year before, with um, with Ochak Baji yeah, I mean, the year before that, yeah, with, or exactly two years like before that, that with Udoka. At what point did those guys make their decisions? Not until end of the summer. Yeah, beginning of, of June, something yeah. like that, end of yeah. May. Um, so, uh, 
I guess buckle up, basically, because we're going to be in it for uh, the long <laughs> haul there. But I think also that quote of like, we'll see where it takes me, that does not give a definitive answer to the notion of, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm for sure gone. Like, I'm going to the draft and I'm no, actually yeah. staying there. It does show you that there, there is at least that option there. And I think the extra time that they're going to have over this, whatever it is, month, month and a half, two months, that almost gives like KU as a staff, Bill Self as a staff, more time to go to the whoever the people are that they need to talk to from an NIL perspective and be like, hey, let's rally up the funds. We have more time now to to put everything together to make sure he, he well, has a good offer to come back. And, and from Kevin McCullough's perspective, why wouldn't you keep all your options open at this point? Oh, of like, course. If you're going to have the chance to maybe come back to Kansas and, and do well for yourself financially with NIL and also potentially be you know one of the faces of this program and leading to potentially another national championship or – you look towards the NBA, right? I mean, why wouldn't you, if you're Kevin McCuller personally, why wouldn't you want to try to keep as many options open as, as you can at this point? Mm-hmm. So the spring showcase is tonight. We're going to air it on KLWN 630. So when that broadcast will start with uh, Brian Haney and, and David Lawrence and everyone. And I, I think they're going to have some some fun guests. We'll learn more about that broadcast with with Brian in about 15 minutes here. Um, so I guess uh, with the the preview, this I, I, it's important to bring up. This is not a spring game; it's a spring showcase. There's going to be individual drills. There's going to be some maybe seven on seven. There'll be some situational work. There might be some scrimmage toward the end of the game, maybe like a ten or fifteen minute running clock scrimmage where they're going against each other. But again, it might be situational. Uh, maybe we'll see some special team stuff. So I guess from that standpoint, like, what do you think we can learn, and what do you think we can't learn tonight? Hmm. I think we should be able to learn about the special teams, right? We should be able to learn about the kicking and punting and whatnot because that was an issue that was a struggle for KU last season. So I think you should, assuming they have their kickers out there, you know, kicking some kicks, you should you should be able to get a good feel for okay, where where are they at with that? And that could be a big positive because that's a big area that KU's been emphasizing. Obviously, they just hired Sean Snyder, who we presume is going to be have some sort of role in that, considering his past history. So uh, I think you have a chance to learn about that a little bit. I think you have a chance to learn maybe a little bit how Jalen Daniels is looking. He's been dealing with, I think, a shoulder injury, I think, a little bit or something during the spring. So how he's throwing the ball, you could learn a little bit about that. But in terms of what you can't learn, I think there's a lot more of that. I think starting with the offensive line, I don't think you're going to learn very much from the offensive line watching them because there has been some injuries there. There's been a lot of discussion about guys playing a lot of different positions. I think you're not going to be able to take away too much from that. And then on top of that, the defense, the defensive line with pass rush and whatnot. I don't know that you're going to be able to really look into that too deeply and and make grandiose conclusions about that either. Uh, So I think there's probably – I think this is going to be a situation where we're going to leave this with more questions than answers, but not in a bad way, right? Like not in like a, oh, no, like there's – issues that haven't been resolved it'll just be more of like a you know what what how are the transfers yelling on the defense what's the running back room looking like like kind of more open questions that I don't think you need to be alarmed by but I just I don't know with the nature of these spring games slash spring showcases now you just there's not really as much meat on the bone to them as maybe there used to be, I guess. No, there's not. Uh, so if you if you were to pick, and, and I'll give you mine as well here, let's pick one player from each unit, offense, defense, special teams, okay. that you are either most intrigued to watch or you just think is, is interesting for some reason or another. On offense, I want to see Daniel Hyshaw just because we haven't seen him for a long time off that injury that he suffered last season. So hopefully, I don't know what 
what he might do. I guess we'll find yeah, out. Yeah, that's the thing. This isn't like a game where it's like they release on Thursday or Friday. Like, this guy <laughs> yeah, is like, questionable. We don't even, this exactly, guy is probable, like, we don't even you know, know exactly who's going to be out there or what's no. going to be going on. So I'll go with Daniel Hyshaw on offense. On defense, I would go with maybe Craig Young because there's been a lot of discussion about him being that guy that, and it, to me it sounds like Craig Young is going to be the type of player that's going to be playing like 98% of the snaps next season on defense. He's very versatile. Uh, I'm curious to see what he's looking like in that. And then on special teams, I'm going to go kind of out of left field here. Dylan McDuffie. Okay, I like it. Dylan McDuffie. Yeah, he's, there's talk he's he a, be a running, gunner. Yeah, he's he a could, running back that uh, from Georgia Tech that knows uh, Lance Leipold's system. He was at Buffalo with Lance Leipold. He notoriously sent Lance Leipold a, a special teams clip mm-hmm. instead of like actual highlight film for him to come to KU. So uh, I, I suspect he's going to be a special teams role player of some kind, what does that look like? Yeah, I think that's a good one. I, I would be interested in Jason Bean if you told me they're going to use him in a lot of ways, but I don't think they're going to give that away yet. <laughs> uh, I think offensively for me, I just want to see Logan Brown in action. I, I've seen him like in the media room, and he's already a gigantic dude. I want to see yeah. what he looks like in pads. Him and Spencer Lavelle. Yeah. Just massive. And like you said, I, I don't know how much we're going to learn about like actual line play. I don't know how much they're actually going to be going against each other, but I just want to see what it kind of looks like out there. Yeah. Um, defensively, uh, yeah, J.B. Brown is is kind of the guy for me, but also, again, like, I don't know that this is a situation where you're just going to be, like, ripping people's head off as a linebacker, so maybe <laughs> that's not the answer. Maybe the real answer there is, if it's not going to be line play or, or is, like, super physical with the linebackers, then maybe it is about the DBs, because we should see a good amount of, like, you know, receivers going against DBs, yeah. and from that standpoint... Um, I think there's a lot of interesting ones. We've heard a lot about Jalen Die. Like, let's yeah. see what that's about. And I think Kenny Logan is still yeah still worse in the injury. So there's a chance we might see more a lot more of a guy like Jalen Die. Yeah, let's see what like Demarius McGee looks like yeah. in his first time through. And then I think on special teams, me, I want to see the new kickers, man. Yeah, like yeah. Seth Keller coming. See, in. I knew you were going to go with the kickers. That's why I picked McDowell. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. Um, the the Australian punter who they have coming in. He uh, won't join till like during the summer slash fall side of things. I, I do want to see him too, but he obviously won't be there tonight. So I do want to see the kicking competition. I want to see if you know they they have more consistently consistency with the kicking game. That that actually is something that I do find interesting. And then will they run any reps of special teams? Like who's back there to even return the kicks and the punts? Jason Bean, maybe we we heard that from Taiwo Otolo. Okay, how much do you think we'll actually see from Jason Bean, if anything? Just a quarterback. I think we'll okay. just see him a quarterback. I guess you could add Ethan Vasco. We've heard a lot about him. Like, let's see it with our own yeah. eyes. Yeah. Because we yeah. haven't really seen much. But it sounds like he uh, has had some good stuff. All right. He is Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. We're going to take a uh, Masters update break, and then we'll be back with Brian Haney. This is RCST. How about this, Nick? The Chiefs have signed their receiver. Former New York Giant. Do you have any idea what I'm talking about? I mean, I'm assuming you're trolling me. I'm not. They signed. They literally. No, like, I know. They signed ago. like Mario Manningham or somebody. <laughs> That's a good flashback name. Uh, they signed Richie James. <laughs> <laughs> so they got the receiver. They're good now, right? <laughs> he is a five foot nine receiver who had a breakout year for Wait. the Giants oh, no, last no, no, year. He played in 17 games with four starts. He had 57 That's catches. The, That's not the guy from Hard Knocks, is it? You know what I'm talking about? Uh, I thought the short Lions guy. were on Hard Knocks. Yeah, no, he was on the Lions, but then he got cut oh. and the Giants picked him up. No, this guy was on the 49ers for three years. Then he no. was just not on a team. In I don't remember the name of the short guy that the 
that the was on hard knocks. Uh, but yeah, 57 catches, about 570 yards, four touchdowns. Did have four fumbles. There's a bit of a fumbling <laughs> issue. Um, fine slot receiver. I don't know. Kind of interesting. Yeah, I, I will know. say, though, he is known for being a very good kick and punt returner. I will simply, in this situation, I'm going to simply maintain my stance that I have maintained throughout this process in that I trust Brett Veach, but also, what are we doing? Just feels like you have a a collection of <laughs> things. Like it's, I don't know, <laughs> what? There's no like, I I don't know. Just go out and get someone good. Just go out and get someone good. <laughs> I don't know if that's from free agency or in the draft or what, but you need someone to headline that. Uh, but I, I guess it's important. Like you have somebody who can return those kicks and punts for you. You assume Pacheco doesn't do it moving forward. So cool. Uh, there was a sure, uh, whatever a big note from Bill Self at the banquet last night. This was the full quote. I know some people were taking this as as saying five exactly. That that was not necessarily the case, though. I guess it could be implied. So I don't I don't think that's necessarily wrong either. He said, "quote I would say a minimum of three. This, this is this right. is when asked the tra- about transfer portal. Yes, yeah. how many transfers are you going to bring on? I would say a minimum of three, but I'm not sure there's a maximum. I'm not saying a maximum of four or more." I'm just saying a minimum of three, and then we'll reevaluate if we can get there. Okay. So here's what's interesting there. That sounds kind of like a word salad to me. Yeah, if he's saying a minimum of three, let's take a look at this. Scholarship numbers. Okay. So KU has to lose one scholarship each of the next three seasons as part of the self-imposed sanctions going against Well, them. they don't have to. They're just... They're just doing yeah, it. Yeah, that's that's true. I guess they wouldn't technically have to. They're like, ah, actually, we've decided to un-self-impose that, that sanction. It's um, like, that'd yeah. be awesome. That would be Dude, that'd be so that awesome. Be, that would be really funny if the NCAA, the IRP, came down with their decision in the next like month or two, and then they're like, psych, we're pulling our self-imposed sanction. What are you going to do about it? Um, anyway, so that, that puts them down to 12 scholarships if you assume they're just going to lose one each of the next three years. Now, you could change it up, and we'll get to that here shortly. Uh, but then you're at 12. You have four freshmen coming in. Then you have four returning players for sure, a fifth if it would be Kyle Cuff. So that means you would have nine players in tow for 12 spots. Boom. You have three open spots. Makes okay. sense, right? Yep. That's easy math. I can follow that. Now, it is interesting he's saying a minimum of three because in the case that Kevin McCuller does decide to come back, what happens if KU adds three players, then McCuller comes back, and they're like, well, now we're at 13, <laughs> you know? It gets into a weird situation. Um, four would be under the guise of Kyle Cuff decides to leave the program. But if he said four or more, and, and again, the full quote, I'm not saying a maximum of four or more, but the fact that he even toiled with the idea of four or more it's, it's hard to envision, well, wait, how would they get to more? Yeah. How would they get to more? Because, again, yeah. just just through the numbers there, even yeah. if Kyle Cuff were to transfer, even if Kevin McCuller stays in the draft, you at that point have four returning players with Dewan Harris, uh, with Ernest Duday, Zuby Edgefer, and K.J. Adams. You have four A freshmen four. coming in. Yep, plus That would four. only leave you four spots. Okay, that's eight. Which means one plus of these things, one of these next things would have to be true in that situation where you were going to add five guys. In addition to Cuff and McCuller officially leaving. That would either mean KU would be playing with 13 scholarships and would push one of those scholarships down the road. So then basically yeah. you'd say next year we're going to play yeah, with so is 11. It, is it like three over three years? Yes. So they can do whatever they want. They okay. could put all three in one year if they really wanted That'd be to. wild. It would be. Uh, but they could go two one year and then one the other year if they really wanted to. So that I, I guess that is a plausible option, but I don't okay. think that makes sense to me. Um, you could have another player transfer out in that situation. Like, would a Zuby transfer out? But I don't know. That does not seem likely to me at this no, point in the game. really doesn't. 
you could have, what if one of the freshmen, you could have them decommit? Like, I remember uh, KU had Sidney Curry committed in the offseason a couple of years ago. He's a JUCO product, like high-level JUCO recruit, and they wanted to bring on a bunch of guys in the transfer portal, and they were like, well, sorry, is there any way you could decommit? You're not going to play. And he ended up decommitting and going to, like, well, Louisville. Okay, is that possible for an incoming freshman? Like, if they've signed? Yeah, so how that works... If a player has signed their national letter of intent yeah. and they decide they want to change their mind and they want to go to a different school, it is up to the school at that point whether they let them out of their letter of intent or not. So a lot of times the school will not yeah. and the kid will basically have to transfer. Other times, like a situation where if KU was like, well, we want the open scholarship, they would be like, like we're letting you out. Okay. And then the kid would be able to choose freely. So that's how that would work. Huh. But that doesn't seem likely to me either. No. That's also bad. That's just bad PR. Exactly. Exactly. You don't want to be that like like if you're get negatively you're recruited a, about exactly. It, right? Like if you're a if you're a high school recruit and you see that happen, you're like, Dang. like, well, can I really trust your scholarship offer? So yeah. that's unlikely as well. Here's one that is interesting though. I think these last two would be the most likely scenarios if this were to happen. And, and to be clear, I don't know that this will happen of them adding five transfers, but in this situation, I think it'd be one of these last two. What if Marcus Adams just didn't reclassify? Well, I was under the impression that he already did, but apparently I'm guessing there's more ways. So, okay, what I'm learning about this whole process is that everything that is quote-unquote absolute is, nope. is just not. There is what, no absolute. Like, what, what is the purpose of all this crap? I honestly, I, I think to your point, like, it would be nice, even though we all expect, like, DeWan Harris and KJ Adams and stuff to be back, I think it would be nice at this point for every player across college basketball to declare if they are coming to be back like, or not. You know, I'm, like, I'm, I'm staying back. here. I'm not yes. entering the, you know. I'm back. I, I think that would be uh, would be helpful. Yeah, this is all, but it's just a bunch of crap. If you can just, it just <laughs> none of it matters. I don't understand. No, it's it's kind of funny. Um, but Marcus Adams like tweeted this out on April first. I don't know if this would line up between the two. Just to let everyone know, I am not an official 2023 student until I sign my letter of intent, which will be April 15th, next signing period. So I am currently 2024 still. Okay, That means well, KU would have eight days. He tweeted that on April 1st. Yes, but he said on April, April 1st. <laughs> you think it's a joke? April 1st. That doesn't seem like a funny joke. There's nothing <laughs> I don't funny think in there. I don't think it's a joke. I'm just, I'm uh, just, um, I'm just pointing out to say uh, see, I don't think it's adding joke. to the fluidity of the whole situation. <laughs> so that could be one thing. What if they were like, hey, we want to use the extra scholarship on a transfer. We don't know how much you're going to play this year. You like, don't reclassify. In 2024. But also, I think part of the reason isn't he committed Mark to KU. already a year like He wanted over? to reclassify. Yeah, so he would have gone to prep school if he wasn't going to reclassify. So I don't know how likely that one is, but if you did get to the five transfers, maybe that's an option. Here is, here's one that I've always wondered about. Because this is going to happen at some point in college basketball. Whether I haven't it's Kansas, thought of, another I'm, blue blood. I'm glad you bring this up. Yeah. I've never thought of this. Basically, you have a kid come on. They don't get a scholarship. But with NIL money, if you give the kid, let's say the kid's getting $200,000 in NIL money and some business pays for his school, it doesn't matter whether he's on scholarship or not because somebody's paying for it. Yeah. Like That's only going to be a matter of time, right? Yeah. Now, I will say with that, though, like... The scholarship, it affords you significantly more benefits, right? So it's not just about sure. the tuition and stuff. So I don't I don't know like logistically if it would still be like better for a player to do that. That just seems like only a matter of time for me before like some big school with a big donor or a blue blood is just like, hey, we'll just pay to have an extra essentially scholarship player who's not actually on yeah. scholarship. Yeah. All right. Uh he is Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. We've got another Masters update, then a commercial break, then we'll be joined by Voice of the Jayhawks, Brian Haney. This is Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN. Depending on it.
Welcome back into Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN. I'm Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. The KU Football Spring Showcase is tonight. It's going to start at 6.30 here on KLWN. You can go out to the David Booth Memorial Stadium for free at uh, 7 o'clock and uh, the Hill whole interactions start at about uh, 5 o'clock. We're joined now by the voice of the Jayhawks, Brian Haney. Obviously, uh, Brian, tonight is not a standard spring game. It is the showcase, it's drills, it's it's other stuff. So what kind of is your expectation of the action, and, and do you guys have anything fun planned for the broadcast tonight? I mean, I'd always like to think anytime you get David Lawrence, Brandon McAnderson, <laughs> and the whole crew together, we have a good time. But uh, in terms of anything fun, we do have a ton of guests that are going to be coming on at some point, either live or taped. We taped little 90-second snippets with one member of every position group to talk about their respective progress, running back, linebackers, defensive line, all that. But then the live guests, we've got a special this particular broadcast as our man Mike Nowitzki, the starting center, who's been out for much of the spring with a minor injury. He's going to be good to go come uh, summertime, but he'll be on the call tonight along with David Lawrence and I from up top while Brandon McAnderson is down on the sidelines. Mike wants to get into sportscasting, whether it's as a Derek Johnson uh, sports talk show host type or as a color analyst like David Lawrence someday. That's that's an interest of his, so he'll be with us. That'll make it more fun. And then we've got some special guests lined up, both on the field and maybe one in the stands, as there's a, a famous person or two that are back in the stands. And I don't want to tip my hand just yet because um, – you never know sometimes with live radio if the guests will follow through or not. But I would imagine by the end of the night, you'll probably hear from 15 to 20 different perspectives in the two and a half hours that we're on the air because we've got that many players, coaches, and uh, famous folks lined up to chime in about where this program is headed, heading into year three of the Lance Leipold era, and how excited we are about what looks like not just the program where every arrow is pointed upward, but real staying power to keep it that way. And it's crazy to think that we've only ever had back-to-back bowl seasons once in, in the history of Kansas football. When you consider some of the all-time greats that have played here, like Sayers and Hadel and Reising and Meyer and, and some of these guys, it's hard to believe that we've never strung together multiple bowl seasons. But when you have the type of coaching continuity and player continuity that Lance Leipold is, is bringing back this year and hoping to instill for a long, long time, I think we can start to expect the level of competitiveness that churns out more bowl seasons than not so long as he's on the sidelines at KU. And uh, that's really why everybody's so excited right now. They bring almost everybody back, and it's not different voices in the various position rooms at the top of, of their respective coaching ladders. It's, it's the same coaches. It's the same trainers. It's, it's now adding to the coaching staff with Sean Snyder coming in. There's a lot of things that make you feel like what we saw last year is sustainable heading into the future, and now you can try to start building on on it, which obviously is a much different frame of mind than what we've been in for the last decade and a half. Yeah, is there, uh, for, for tonight's action with the players' side of things, is, is there a player or maybe a position group that you're most excited to see what it looks like or, or what they look like tonight? You know, that's a tough one because I don't know how much certain guys are going to show out 
night, how many snaps they're going to log. There will be some scrimmage concepts starting at around 7.30. It's not going to necessarily look like a true spring game, and you've got several uh, sessions of drills that precede that. But not knowing which guy will be held out and who's really going to turn it loose, I'm not going to sit here and predict certain player performances, but I would say that you know there's some newcomers that if you're like me and you go to these spring games or a basketball exhibition game in October or November, you're always wanting to see the new faces. And obviously with Lavelle and Brown up front on the Kansas offensive line, these are grown men. These are 6'6", 330-pound, 6'6", 320-pound type guys at tech and guard that in the case of, of Logan Brown, he was a five-star according to 24-7 sports coming out of high school. And they're both grown men that are ready to plug and play right away on that offensive line protecting Jalen Daniels. So just looking at the sheer massiveness of them up front, I think it's going to be something to follow. Phillips at, at defensive tackle and Brown at linebacker are two guys that I'll have my eyes on as well because, uh, again, you talk about a mountain of a man. That's that's definitely the former Colorado State Ram that transfers into play DT for us. And then Brown has been a, a great story. J.B. Brown um, at uh, – at the linebacker spot, probably one of our deepest position groups on the team. If you look all that Kansas is bringing back from a year ago with Miller and Young and Barry Hill, and you add in a guy like that, there's a lot of reasons to be excited about him as well. So I think we've got several new faces to look for, but amongst the the returnees, it's tough to say. I don't know how much your quarterback or your running back is going to play, and, and therefore you don't know where the balls are going to necessarily be thrown to. But this is still as deep a tight end group as any team in the Big 12 has. I think the receivers showed us last year that they were one of the most underrated position groups, so I'm excited to see what they can do. But, uh, again, hard to pick a hawk to rock or a pick to click when we don't know how much time certain guys are going to get. Without giving away too much for the broadcast tonight, is was there a player, or somebody that you that you taped an interview with, or something that you found most interesting, or your, was one of your favorite interviews leading up to this broadcast tonight? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I don't know. I, I think that uh, the best conversations that you're going to hear tonight are going to be the ones that are live because these little positional previews we did literally are, are 90 seconds each. One question about the player themselves and the rest on their unit. It's meant to be more of a just you know two-minute drill bouncing around spot to spot. Luke Grimm was very interesting, and he talked about how much better conditioned all the players are after another offseason with Matt Gildersleeve. He talked about you know body mass index and, and the, the bad weight that's been shed and the good weight that's been put on and now they're timing these guys not just in 40 second times uh, 40 yard dashes I should say but uh, in, in miles per hour and he was quoting how fast Jalen Daniels can run miles per hour and stuff like that and then uh, David Lawrence asked Luke Grimm if he knew who Fred Belitnikoff was, and he did because the video games, apparently there's like a legacy <laughs> mode on his Madden game. He's like, oh, I don't know who that is. And David said, you know why it's relevant? And he's like, oh yeah, that, that's the guy who the, the best receiver in college football uh, his award is named after. And he said, yeah, we, we'd love to have the Jayhawk have that. So that's a great conversation. And of course, when he was talking about all the weight he lost, I asked if we could change his nickname from the Grim Reaper to the Slim Reaper. And he seemed <laughs> to like the idea of that. So we got some good characters coming on, but I think you're going to enjoy the personality of Mike Nowitzki. I really do, and uh, and and we'll see how much you know he's chiming in as that third voice up in the booth. But uh, like I said, we've got a few surprises up on the sleeve as well by the end of the night. So it should be a fun broadcast, no doubt. Well, we'd love to have Mike Nowitzki come uh, intern out here. That'd be fun. Maybe I, I'm sure he's free <laughs> in the fall. I'm sure he doesn't have much going on over there. Uh, so I guess once, you know what? <laughs> yeah. 
let me stop you right there because I had a meeting with him earlier today and I said, what do you really want to do in this business? Do you want to be a, a David Lawrence analyst type or do you want to do sports talk? And he said, you know, I kind of leaning towards sports talk. And I said, well, Derek Johnson and Nick Springer are the guys you got to learn from. I said, maybe we get some kind of NIL deal set up and you could have a weekly segment on this show. And I told him about the history of RCST and his eyes got all big. And I said, now you can't go giving away team secrets and game plans and stuff like that. But, but if you had like a, a weekly call in, kind of like uh, Patrick Mahomes has or something like that, and he liked the idea of that. So I know you were just kind of tossing that out there, but there may be some real merit to that idea. I love it. I love it. Yeah. I would love to have Mike on. He's always uh, fun to talk to, that's for sure. Um, so I guess once, once this game does conclude, and then it'll be off-season period, and then they, they won't be back till uh, the fall portion of thing, what to you becomes the biggest storyline after today about this team come the fall? Well, I think that uh, we, we know with everything that's coming back offensively and what looks like a much deeper and stronger offensive line, we know this is going to be a dynamic offense. And what you hear of, of Jalen Daniels' offseason conditioning, he's as strong as he's ever been in the upper body. He's leaner through his core, which makes him faster. It looks like he is poised for a huge season. And to me, that's that's a, a take it for almost certain that this offense is going to click and put up points. The defense clearly has a lot of playmakers on it, but we're curious what the D-line is going to look like, not just with the loss of Lonnie Phelps, but you go across that first group there, you know, left, defensive end to right and 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 you look at all the, the big names that, that they lost from a season ago to graduation and while they've got a lot of talent waiting in the wings we're, we're curious to see what some of that is going to actually translate to so to me the big storyline is if this is a 40 point per game offense or conservatively 35 uh what's the defense going to be able to do against a very challenging schedule i think folks you know are just chalking us up for seven wins plus just based on how last season ended and all that and i love that optimism but we're going to need the defense to keep making plays to make that uh a certainty and this is a team that in their minds wants to win double digit games but in order to have that type of, of legit potential we want to see some of those questions answered defensively. And there's definitely some great leadership at the core of that defense and the heart of it with the linebackers. Uh, you know, and, and I think there's, there's more talent up front on the D line. I referenced Devin Phillips earlier, uh, you know, Hayden Hatcher's back. He wants to prove he can be an edge rusher. There, there's some other guys that stood out like keys on the edge that, that I think could impress as well. But uh, to me, it's defense and, and finding out, can they do as much for this club in, in catapulting them to the next level as we saw when the offense took gigantic leaps and bounds last year in terms of strides and momentum? So that, to me, is what I'm most intrigued to see. And honestly, I'm optimistic about it because I really like some of the pieces that Brian Borman has to work with. But you know what you have, you know, pardon the bad Jayhawk pun, but you have a bird in hand with this offense. You know that. You've got a, a generational quarterback in Jalen Daniels who's going to be mentioned on Heisman Trophy list this year question is how many points per game is he going to have to score to win and the defense obviously will set the tone for that conversation as they try to get better and better talking with the voice of the jayhawks here uh just a few more minutes on rock chalk sports talk before we got to go to break and, and get to a master's update uh it is easter weekend here do you have a favorite easter's candy for me i'll i'll say i i, I like to just get the chocolate bunny get out a 
tub of peanut butter, get a knife, and just smear it on there and, and go to town. Um, but I, I think the most popular probably Reese's eggs, Starburst jelly beans. Do you have a favorite Easter candy, Brian? <laughs> you know what? I've got a, a pretty massive sweet tooth, but those Cadbury eggs are too sweet. Like, there, there's so much sugar when I bite into it, I almost can't can't stand it. So, to me, that's the one I steer clear from. In terms of a go-to, though, it's been so long since I've had actual Easter candy. I don't know, but there's an infamous story in the Haney household of when I was a kid. I had a basset hound, and my mom, or the Easter Bunny, whichever, had gotten <laughs> me um, a, a box of, of 12 marshmallow eggs. It was in a carton, like eggs, and, you know, those, those kind of foam cartons the have peeps. like a clasp yeah. on them. Yeah, well, I don't know if they were peeps. Okay. It, was, it was like a true egg carton of like chocolate-covered marshmallows okay. in the shape of oh. eggs, all right? And and I was so excited about it. It was the Easter Bunny. I'm remembering correctly now. It wasn't my mother. <laughs> it was definitely the Easter Bunny. And uh, we went to church, and uh, we came back, and I played outside for a little bit. When I came in from playing outside, I went in to, to eat some of these chocolate eggs, and the egg carton was closed and latched. But when I opened it, there were no chocolate-covered marshmallow eggs. What? And, and I was in tears and ran to my mother and father and said, well, what in the heck happened? And my dad very definitively pinned it on the basset hound and said the dog must have gotten in there and eaten the chocolate-covered marshmallow eggs. And, and I said, wait a minute. And I didn't know the word opposable thumbs or anything back then. But I'm like, how could the dog with its paws have uh, you know lifted the latch and closed the latch and all that stuff, and he didn't have a great answer for that. But my mom and I are convinced to this day, Dad got in and ate the eggs, and my poor bastard hound had nothing to do with it. So <laughs> um, there's my Easter candy story for you. I love it. Well, Brian, uh, looking forward to hearing you on the broadcast tonight and appreciate the time today. Before we let you go, a word from Nate Miller. That's right. Nate Miller's got a game plan just like Lance Leipold and uh, – we want to sit down with you and talk about your most profitable and secure financial future by taking a look at your current investments, giving you advice on future ones as well. You can line up an appointment today at MillerRetirementGroup.com, MillerRetirementGroup.com. Check him out, and uh, certainly he'd love to sit down with you. Guys, thanks for having me on all season long. It's been a blast talking with you. If Mike Nowitzki uh, wildly pips me and takes my spot next year, <laughs> I'll understand. I think he's that good. But maybe you can have us both on after tonight, all right? Thanks again, and have a great, happy Easter weekend to you, okay? Love it. You too, Brian. Thank you. That is the voice of the Jayhawks, Brian Haney, joining us here on Rock Chalk Sports Talk. Cue the disclaimer. Brian is a paid spokesperson, not a client. Brian does not endorse, and all individuals should make their own evaluation of the firm's investment advisory and insurance services. Investment advisory services offered only by duly registered individuals through AE Wealth Management, LLC. All right, that was Brian Haney, voice of the Jayhawks. You can hear him tonight on the action of the KU Football Spring Showcase broadcast. It's probably wordier wordier than they will uh, end up calling it, but sounds like they got a bunch of cool stuff going on for the broadcast. So uh, whether you can't make it to the game or if you you know do the thing where you make it, you got headphones on you, you can plug it in your phone, KLWN app or KLWN.com, boom, you're covered and uh, good to go for that broadcast. Just tune in tonight here through KLWN. We're going to take a time out here. When we come back, we've more, got more KU Football Friday player audio from Rich Miller and Hayden Hatcher. We still got lie detector tests coming up at the 5 o'clock hour. Audio from Andy Konalicki and Brian Borland. With Nick Springer, I'm Derek Johnson. This is Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN. Depend on it. 
Welcome back in to Rock Chalk Sports Talk, 5 o'clock hour here on RCST. It is all about confidence. Confidence knowing you'll be ready to go when your partner is. Confidence knowing you'll be able to go a few extra rounds when needed. Confidence is what you get with the chewables from BlueChew.com. BlueChew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable form, and it's just a fraction of the cost. BlueChew's tablets are a performance enhancement for the bedroom and can help men gain extra confidence when it's time to perform. It's an online prescription service. You just sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of the licensed medical providers. Once you're approved, you'll receive the prescription within days and and it is all done online. So no, you don't have to take time out of your day to go to a doctor's office visit. You don't have to have any awkward conversations. You don't need to take more time out of your day to wait in line at the pharmacy. It ships right to your door in a discreet package. If you don't like swallowing pills, great. They're chewables. So if you could benefit from extra confidence when it's time to perform, visit bluechew.com. And here's a special deal for our listeners. Try bluechew free. When you visit um, BlueChew.com and use promo code RCST at checkout, you just pay $5 shipping. That's BlueChew.com, promo code RCST to receive your first month for free. We got another edition of Lie Detector Test. Then we'll get on to some uh, Andy Kolnicki and Brian, Brian Borland audio to finish out the show. First up in Lie Detector Test, Missouri fans who said Caleb Love was going there. He is not. He's going to Michigan. Yikes. Lie detector test determined. That was, that was a, a lie. lie. Now, I don't know. That this sucks, could be good Missouri? or bad for Missouri. I think it's maybe good. I, I don't know. Like, I, I started to convince myself that, like, yeah, Caleb Love could have worked with KU, but also, like, eh, there's a lot there that you don't love. Um, So maybe yeah. it would have been the same thing for Missouri. I don't know. Yeah. This could help them. This could hurt them. I think just for the sake of my narrative, I'm going to say it was bad for them. So okay. That sucks perfect. Me. Perfect. Uh, Texas softball <laughs> coach Mike White. Here's what he said. So um, they were playing against Oklahoma, and um, he was asked about some of his comments that he made about Oklahoma and their coach. And here's what he said. Quote, I did not call her a cheater. Did I call her a cheater? Insinuated. Maybe. Whatever. But I certainly did not. (laughs) What? What? I feel hey, like he's admitting. He, wait, what? What? He also says, "quote They were taken out of context." His comment. Okay, let me ask you something here. If somebody says you're a cheater, in how is that out of context? What? In what? There's no way that can be taken out of context. If he said Oklahoma is a cheater, it doesn't matter what the context was. The context is right there. You just said they're a cheater. So what? 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 And then. What? I don't even know what this means. What is he trying to say here? But see, he's basically saying that like his his comments got taken out of context, that he didn't call her a cheater explicitly. He's saying, did I insinuate it? Sure, but I didn't call her okay, a cheater. Okay, but if you're saying, I know. hey, I insinuated they're a cheater, I didn't say the, the same. word. Yeah, it that's is. the same thing. At this point, it is. It is. What? What are we doing? Yeah. He's like, I insinuated, but I didn't say the I'm word, so it's okay. that Grady Dick is going to go to the NFL draft or go to the NBA draft. I'm well, you didn't say it. I didn't so, say I it. Know. I don't know. I didn't insinuate it. I didn't say it, but. Yes, he is. Uh, clear. Is I don't that? know. Is that even a lie at that point? Is he just Man, stupid? I, 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 well, obviously, the first statement is a lie. He says, if we break it down statement by statement, okay. I did not call her a teeter. Lie. Did I call her a teeter? Okay, truth. <laughs> <laughs> insinuated, maybe. Whatever. Also, I guess the truth. But, okay. I cert- but then I certainly did not lie. 
So it's a lie sandwich. A lie truth like that. lie. I like that. Lie sandwich. The old so lie sandwich. That's, that's how you get away with it because you say the truth The truth is in there, but it's the sandwich in between two lies. Love it. Uh, Tyreek Hill is on lie detector test this week. Dude, this clown is on lie detector test every week. Here's <laughs> what he said. I'm going to finish out this contract with the Dolphins, and then I'm going to call it quits. I want to go into the business side. I want to do so many things in my life. Okay. Even if this isn't a lie, or even if this is a lie, this is exactly what he should do. To try to get him to pay him more money? Be like, no, 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 no. No, because, listen, how much longer can Tyreek Hill feasibly be way faster than everybody else in the league? Yeah. What, like another two or three years, maybe? Yeah, I mean, at some point, point he's going to slow down. At some point, you become Deshaun Jackson. You can't be Cheetah forever. Well, it's like, yeah, at some point, you become Deshaun Jackson, where it's like, instead of you being the fastest in the league, you're now still very fast, and you're good for, like, you'll have a couple, like, deep ball touchdowns a a year. But, like, Deshaun Jackson's a gadget player. A role player. Yeah, exactly. He's like a gadget player now. Like, that's basically what you're going to become once you're no longer, like, once you can no longer run the fastest and jump the highest. So, this is smart. That's what I would do. I would say, okay, I was the fastest guy in the league for a good long time, five, six years. But my time has run its course, and now I'm going to go be happy and live my life. That's that's what I would do if I were Tyreek Hill. I don't know if, so again, I don't know if this is the truth or not, but I think it should be the truth because that's what I would do. I think think this probably is the truth from where he's sitting right now, but I wouldn't be surprised if we fast forward because what was the contract he signed? Is it four years? Does he have four years left or was it? Five years now he has four years. Probably. He has has three or four years left. Would it surprise you if we get to three or four years down the road and he's still producing at a high level and he's like, no, of course I'm going to make $20 million. Well, Well, the other issue is if he's still producing at a high level, some team will pay him a significant amount of of money, money. even if he's not the fastest guy in the league anymore. And when you see a three-year, $90 million contract in front of you. Exactly. (laughs) So I I do think there is a little bit of a lie to it. So you think this is the truth, but with the possibility of becoming a lie in the future? Yes. Like, I I do really think in his mind, he's like, I I don't need to play this game until I'm 38. I don't need to play this game until I'm 40. But again, once we get to that actual point, if he's a free agent and he's still producing, and yeah, somebody comes across a big contract. Listen, playing football is fun. Mm -hmm. And if you're getting a lot of money to play it, it's hard to be like, nah, I'm good. It's hard to do that. Uh, this was a uh, minor league pitcher, Cade McClure. He gave up a home run to Fernando Tatis Jr., who Fernando Tatis Jr., you're like, why is he in the minors? He's doing like a rehab stint while he uh, works back to the major leagues. And someone tweeted the video of the home run by Fernando Tatis. And the, <laughs> the tweet said, Cade McClure will be telling people for years about the time he gave up an absolute nuke to Fernando Tatis. Cade McClure must have searched his name after the game because he quote tweeted it and said, he put asterisk, asterisk, cheater hits a home run on a rehab assignment during a steroid suspension, asterisk, asterisk. Okay, time out. I thought the reason he was in the minors is because he got injured. Fernando Tatis? Yeah. Well, it's it's both. He had he had the injury and then he had the steroid, and then he thing, had the steroid thing, right? And then he got in the motorcycle crash. Right? Yeah, yeah. So, like, he's just working his way back from everything, right? He hasn't played professional baseball in, I don't know, what, a year? Year. I guess two years if you go by the calendar until this year. Okay. Interesting. There's a lot to break down here, Yeah. I don't even really know how to approach it. So, uh, this is another situation. I don't know why the theme of today is cheating. We got another guy claiming another guy's cheating. Okay. Okay. And he's he's pretty defiant about it. This is not a Mike White situation. Let's break this down. The first part of it, cheater. 
Is that part truthful? I, I think. It's I mean, by nature, by I mean, letter of the law, yeah, I guess I, I have to. Yeah, I mean, I think it's okay. pretty truthful. Sure. Uh, part number two hits a home run. That's factual. Fa- yeah. No. Nope. There is video evidence that the ball did go over yes. the fence yeah. on a rehab assignment. Also factual, <laughs> factual. I think. What if the Padres were just like, we're just going to win the AAA title? <laughs> Fernando Tatis, he's down there for good. And then uh, during a steroid suspension, that was also that's, factual, right? No. Well. That that can't be factual. I guess yeah, because then he would, saying, because he wouldn't be playing. If he was so suspended, he would not be. That's play, a lie. He would not be allowed to play. So half of this is true, and half so, of it's a lie. Yes. So this is a. So we had a lie sandwich earlier. <laughs> this is a lie kebab. Okay. You got. It's an open face sandwich. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, it's on a stick, and okay. you got lie, and then truth. <laughs> okay. Okay. And, it, okay. and depending on which angle, depending on which way you eat the kebab from, you might get truth first or lie first. Okay. I love it. Um, okay. This last one. This is from uh, Kevin Harlan. He was on the broadcast last night. He obviously does NBA games on TNT. Yep. Christian Brown has been playing really well for the Denver Nuggets. And he said, Christian Brown is an intelligent player. He has to be. You can't get into Kansas if you aren't. <laughs> obviously, Kevin Harlan went to KU. Uh, this was also followed up by Reggie Miller, who said, who called Kansas, Kansas the, the, the Harvard of the Midwest. No, it was Stanford. Stanford? Yeah. Okay, the Stanford, the Stanford of the Midwest. Of the Midwest. <laughs> I see no lies here. This all sounds factual to me. No, I, I agree. Totally factual. If you're not intelligent, you can't get into Kansas. Yeah, hundred percent agree. They definitely, they definitely don't let people who can't do math into Kansas. <laughs> I can assure How'd you. How did you that. get in? How did you get in? Well, I, I listen. I'm just telling you the truth. I'm just telling you what they, how, who they let in. If you can't do math, you're not going to Kansas. Okay, I lied. We do have one more quick one. Uh, the Ravens, uh, <laughs> Arthur Blank, their owner, he no, denied Falcons. that the Falcons were serious on Deshaun Watson. That's a lie, right? I'm confused. What? Okay, he denied that they were in on getting Deshaun Watson last oh, back offseason. In, okay, I think it's a lie clearly because it's this: they wanted Deshaun Watson, they were probably in on it, but then when they like now it's like you're in a lose lose because you didn't get him. Where it's like some football fans would be like, "Well, at least we're good at football," and you have to deal with the PR nightmare. So he's basically just trying to avoid himself from it. Okay, is I this think like it's a situation lie. where you don't get the girl, so then you claim that you never wanted her in the first place? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Correct. Okay. Correct, because okay. then you're just double losing at that yes, point. Yes, 100%. Right, he's Nick you Springer. You can't admit that you failed to get her the first time. Yep. I'm Derek Johnson. This is Rock Chalk Sports Talk, the uh, Stanford sports show of the Midwest. Something wait, like does that. that mean we are the, the Stanford tree sports talk? <laughs> or wait, no. Don't overthink it. All right, this is our CST. <laughs> Andy Kotelnicki Audio, Brian Borland Audio coming up next. Masters update, though, first on KLWN. Thanks for listening to the Best of RCST podcast. And a reminder, you can catch our show Monday through Friday from 3 to 6 live on KLWN in Lawrence, 101.7 FM, 1320 AM, or anywhere you're online at klwn.com or the KLWN app. Thanks for listening.